Welcome to the Second Students North podcast. My name is Luis, and this week, Dylan continues in our series, I Live for This. He talks to us about some true stories of people who have been persecuted for their faith and what it truly costs to follow Christ. Our prayer is that God would speak to you through this message. We hope you enjoy week four of I Live for This. What is it that you live for? And I don't, I don't know about you guys, but whenever Randy asked me that question, it kind of brought up a slew of, an, like, a bunch of another questions that, like, what does it even mean? Kind of like his son was like, what does that even mean, Dad? What does it mean to live for something? What, is it, what do I even love to do? Like, how do I know if I live or if I love something? And it kind of circled me back to the, the verses that he talked about in Romans 12. And, and, and what it means to live a sacrificial life, live as a living sacrifice by the mercies of God. And as the more I thought about it, I kind of came to this point, and I settled at this, that, that what you love, you sacrifice for. What you love, you sacrifice for, right? And this is, this is super clear in so many things today, especially in movies. So we are going to watch a quick clip of a movie, y'all check it out. Well, obviously, you guys have never seen that movie before, right? None of y'all, none of y'all at all, right? Well, those who don't know what that movie is, that is The Hunger Games. You can see that Primrose, Katniss's little sister, gets pulled out of the jar to go to The Hunger Games, which would be a for sure death for her, right? This little girl running around against all these adults, right? That's, that's no fun, but Katniss is, offers herself as a true and literal living sacrifice for her sister because she loved her so much. We see that what you love, you sacrifice for, right? And you see it in this movie. And we've got a couple more up here. Let's go ahead and go to the next one. Guardians of the Galaxy. Y'all have seen this one, right? Whenever Groot makes himself into like this big tree ball type thing and saves all of his friends, spoiler if you haven't seen the movie, sorry about that, this big tree ball thing, and kind of sa- he saves all of his friends, he sacrifices his life for the sake of his friends, right? Let's go, to, let's go to the next one. Y'all have seen Frozen, I'm sure of it. So we see, this is kind of a, it's kind of a gruesome picture, like we saw this, everyone's, most people have seen this movie, I don't even, I mean, I don't remember this clip being like this, like, horrifying, like the sword coming down on Anna like that. But we see Anna is sacrificing herself for Elsa, right? Because she uh, is living out a life of, as a living sacrifice for her sister who she loves so much, right? All right, let's go to the next one. You, I hope, I, I hope that you guys have seen this Jurassic Park. This is the, like the OG, OG Jurassic Park, all right? So this is Dr. Allen, and he is waving away the T-Rex from the kids that are trapped in that overturned Jeep right there. He is offering himself, he's putting himself in harm's way for the sake of those kids, right? He's living his life as a living sacrifice. And uh, we see with all these characters, right, with all these characters that um, some of them, some of them literally gave their life or some of them just put themselves in harm's way, but they did it out of the love and for the sake of the people that they love. Right? And uh, when we kind of think about some of the people that we've talked about along the way while we've been doing this series, we see that they live their life as a living sacrifice for Jesus Christ. Right? They, they, they live their life in such a way that was for the glory and the honor of His name. 
And some of them were even killed for it, right? Some of them uh, were even martyred for their faith and for their heart to preach the gospel and make it known no matter, uh, no matter what, right? It cost them so many things. It cost them their plans. It cost them their comforts, and it cost them their previous identities, what they once thought they were. They, they became this new creation, right, under Jesus Christ. They, 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 it changed the entire scope uh, of their life when they chose to live as a living sacrifice for Jesus Christ. And whether they were martyred or not, it cost them their lives, right? Whether they were martyred or not, it cost them their lives, and it cost us the same thing. Today, see, when you live for Jesus Christ, it costs you your life. Whether you're living or you're dying for your faith, it's going to cost you your life because you have to give over everything to Jesus, Right, and I think the, the question that I want you guys to think about tonight as we go forward is, is, is what is it costing you to follow Jesus Christ? Is your life, is it, is it costing you anything to follow Jesus Christ? Is it, are you living your life in a manner that costs you anything? Are you living, or are you living this, this, this comfortable, complacent life that, that never steps out in faith that never asks for God to show up in your life, or are you living in a manner that costs you something, right? Because what you love, what you treasure, you sacrifice for. You will sacrifice for it. And we see this super clearly in the lives of, of Jesus' apostles, right? He calls them to leave everything that they hold dear, to leave everything that they know with oftentimes not much more than a simple just follow me right? Just to follow me. And there are a couple different accounts of Jesus calling some of his first disciples, um, but we're going to be uh, in the gospel of Luke tonight, starting in chapter 5. Uh, if you want to read along with me, uh, verse 1 says this. There's a lot of verses here, but I really want you guys to focus. This story is so important. It says, and starting in verse 1, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, Jesus, to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them, and they came and filled both the boats so much that it began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord, for all, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon and Jesus, said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their, boat, their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. We see the indiv individuals that are mentioned here, the individuals that are called are James and John and Simon Peter and Andrew, who's actually not mentioned in this account, but he's mentioned in the others. These four were called by Jesus in this moment. And not too long after that, in verse 27, Jesus calls a man named Levi, who you probably better know as Matthew. He's the tax collector, right? Starting in verse 27, it says this. It says, after this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, 
follow me. Leaving everything, he rose and followed him. Now you guys have probably picked up on this trend that it says this, that they left everything and followed him. Right? They left everything and they followed him. They left their comforts. They left their parents. They left their jobs, their lives, their homes. Right? And what got me thinking was what must they have seen in Jesus that caused this reaction in them? For this man to come up to them and say, follow me, and for them to drop everything and go and follow him. Right? What must they have seen? What must have Jesus been like for them to do that radical change? in their life, right? And we, we can look, it's right in the passage, we look at the four who Jesus called, right, in the boat. We see that uh, they had just seen this man, Jesus, walk up with this crowd of people that were trying to get as close as they could just to hear the word of God from his mouth. There's this massive crowd of people following Jesus, and so much so that Jesus has to come out and get in their boats, right? He gets in their boat in order to teach the word of God to the people that are standing on the shore. This is the Jesus that they're standing, sitting there, standing there in their boats, watching. Then to even go on top of this point, Jesus decides to tell them, hey, I know you haven't been catching fish all night, but put your net on this side of the boat, and I'll give you more fish than you can even count. So many fish that when they started to pile the fish in the boat, the boats began to sink. This is the Jesus that turned to them and said, follow me. Right? This is that Jesus we see uh, with Levi, with Matthew, that right before, we didn't read this, but right before, Jesus had just finished healing a paralyzed man. Matthew is out there sitting in his, his tax collector's booth, and Jesus has just finished healing a paralyzed man and sh- demonstrating his power, his divine power of God to forgive sins. And so likely, Matthew's just chilling there in his tax collector booth and sees this paralyzed man walk out of this house and sees all the people coming out after him talking about, oh my gosh, this is such an extraordinary thing that Jesus just did. And then here comes Jesus walking right past him and Matthew is just sitting here in his tax collector's booth, one of the most despised places in the day. And he looks him in the eyes and says, follow me. This is the Jesus that called Matthew. This is the Jesus that called James, John, Simon, Peter, and Andrew. This is that Jesus. They had seen who he was. They had seen what he is capable of. They saw his power and his might. They saw who he was. This is the Jesus that called them. This is the same Jesus that calls me and you today. Same Jesus. One thing is so clear that when Jesus entered their lives, nothing was the same right? Nothing was the same. They were willing to leave everything they knew and held dear to follow him. They were willing to live a life that cost something for him, right? They lived their lives in a living sacrifice for Jesus Christ. Their lives were given over to him, and these disciples that we just talked about actually ended up becoming some of Jesus' 12 apostles, his inner circle, right? And we see that they faced plenty of persecution along the way, plenty of it. And in fact, Jesus didn't do anything to hide that from them. He was totally and blatantly clear at what they were going to face and how they were going to face it. And in Matthew 10, it says this. This is the words of Jesus to his apostles. It says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. 
So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. You will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. He doesn't say if you're going to face persecution. He says when you face persecution. You will face persecution for my name, and the reason that you face it is to bring glory to my name, that you are going to bear witness for me before them, that people are going to come to know who I am because of the persecution that you're going to face, and in the places that you're going to face that persecution, because I'm sending you out to bring my gospel and make my name known. Jesus says, you're going to face persecution, but my name is going to be made great in the process, and it's worth it. It's worth it because he wants to bring life to them, even the people that are doing the persecuting. Even the people that are doing the persecuting, you will face it. And when you face it. We see that after Jesus was resurrected and ascended into heaven, that his apostles were going out and doing all these amazing things in his name, right? Because of this amazing power of God that was in them. Right? They were doing all these healings and great works, and, and so much so that the high priest and his, his people, the Sadducees, were so upset that they literally wanted to kill the apostles. So much anger that they wanted to kill the apostles. So they ended up throwing the apostles in prison. But that night when the apostles were in prison, uh, there was an angelic prison break. An angel of the Lord came down and broke out all the apostles so that they could go into Jerusalem and share the word of God and share the gospel to all the people that were there. And so you can imagine the surprise of them when they went there in the morning and they're like, dude, what the heck were all the apostles? The gates of the, the, the prison doors were still shut. They were still locked. The guards were still standing there. And they're just standing there scratching their heads like, dude, I have no idea. Like, they're gone. I don't know where they are. And they hear word that the apostles are out there sharing the name of Jesus, and they're like, oh my gosh, like, we got to bring these guys in. They're doing, like, incredible things for this guy's name, and they're, oh my, God, we, we got to stop them. We got to bring them in. So they bring them in, and they tell them, come on, guys, like, we strictly charged you not to teach in his name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and then you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. The response of Peter and the apostles was to say, we must obey God rather than men. There's so much that happens in this passage, and we don't have time to go through it all tonight, but I urge you to read it, please. It's so, so powerful. But this obviously infuriated the high priests and the Sadducees, right? It infuriated them so much so that they just beat them, and they charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus again. The apostles went out, and it says that they left the presence of the council Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. See, when the apostles started out, they weren't worried about what lied ahead. All they were focused on was this man, Jesus, who had just called them and said, hey, come follow me. They didn't worry about anything that they were going to have to give or what it was going to cost them, but they saw, this, they saw what Jesus was calling them to, right? They saw that this man, Jesus, was worthy of everything, worthy of leaving everything that they knew behind them because Jesus was worth it, right? This life that they were calling him to was worth it because Jesus was worth it. And uh, if we look at all of the lives of the apostles, it's, 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 it's pretty clear that they lived this life 
this, this life of a living sacrifice, we look at Andrew. Andrew was martyred. He was crucified on a cross. Simon Peter was martyred, crucified, upside down on a cross. Matthew was martyred. A man was sent by a king to kill him with a spear. Bartholomew was martyred. He was beaten, crucified, and beheaded. James, the brother of John, was martyred. He was also beheaded. And actually, if you look it all up, all the apostles except for one were killed for their faith. And the one who wasn't is said to have been thrown into a vat of boiling oil in his exile on an island for preaching the gospel of Jesus. Do you get that picture? That they lived such a life of abandonment for Jesus, this life of living sacrifice for Jesus, that some of them it cost them their lives, most of them it cost them their lives. And you see, whether or not we, 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 we die or we're living for our faith, that it costs us our lives, right? It costs them their lives. What is, it, what is it costing you? What is it costing you? And I'm gonna ask the band to, to come back up here. Um, there's one more story that I kinda, I kinda wanna close with. There is this, this South American, South American, South African family. The mother's name is Hanalei. Hanalei, and uh, they moved from South Africa into Afghanistan, where they were called to teach and to preach and to just do the work of God where they were. And there was one just regular day, one normal day, where they were at, and there was a raid on the compound that they taught in. And uh, everyone, every one of her family, it was her her son and her daughter and her husband, they were killed in the midst of this raid. She was the only one to survive, and afterwards, she was asked, if you could say anything to your children before this day, what would it be? She looked into the camera, and behind tears, she said, today is going to be an incredibly difficult day, and I'm not going to be there with you. Your dad is not going to be there with you, but Jesus is going to be there with you. Because he's promised to never leave you or forsake you. She quoted Deuteronomy 31.8. It says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. See, the word follow implies something. It implies that there's something that you're following right? There's something that you're following. And before you or I took a single step, a single step in our faith, a single step in obedience, Jesus went before us and lived the perfect life that we could never live, died the death that we all deserved, and was resurrected in the life that he offers to all who believe in him. Jesus has gone before you and me, and he's promised that he's always with us, and he will never leave us or forsake us. You see, before it cost us anything, it cost him everything. Before it cost us anything, it cost him everything. And you know why he did it? It's because he loves you. Loves you more than you could ever imagine. And I just want to ask you tonight, do you have that? Do you have that relationship with him? Do you know that that is true? Do you know that he loves you? Do you have that relationship that he offers to you? 
through belief and faith in his great name and what he has done, that you can have access to the Father again through Jesus Christ? Do you live a life that, that costs you something for him? Are you living in a way that asks God and begs God to move in your life?